This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Catholic Review Radio is a weekly radio program and podcast hosted by Catholic Review Media, the news operation of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic partners for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to our listeners each week. Welcome to Catholic Review Radio. This is Chris Gunty of the Catholic Review. And today we are going to focus on Braille Literacy Month and how it relates to the Xavier Society for the Blind, which helps Catholics connect with resources that they need. Our guest today is Malachi Fallon, who is Executive Director of the Xavier Society for the Blind. And uh, he's gonna tell us a little bit about the resources that they have available. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Thanks very much. How long has the Xavier Society been around? Not too long, only about 124 years. That's not too bad at all. Yeah, we were founded here in New York City in 1900. And so what, obviously things have uh, changed in the way you deliver services over the years. Obviously you haven't been there the whole time, Uh, but uh, what kinds of services do you provide and how has that changed over time? So so interestingly enough, um, some of what we do hasn't changed at all. Um, We started out... We were founded by a blind woman, Margaret Coffey, and a Jesuit priest, Father Joseph Stottleman. And she was teaching blind children about their Catholic faith. So today what we would think of as CCD classes. And she wanted to ensure that her students had the same materials, the reading materials available that their sighted classmates had. So she began a push to provide those reading materials in technically it wasn't Braille, but it was a forerunner of Braille, New York Point. So it was raised print, and we eventually began using Braille as the standard. But we started providing, you know, a Braille-like books uh, for students learning about their Catholic faith. Um, so we started doing that. One of the first books that we, we provided was the Catechism, the Baltimore Catechism, appropriately. Absolutely. And... Over time, then, we began to add uh, content, so other types of books, mostly related to the Catholic faith, but also to uh, faith and spirituality more generally and inspiration. Uh, And then as technology developed, uh, as you suggest, things did change, and we started providing audio books or talking books. So uh, at first on, you know, records, the vinyl discs, um, and then eventually uh, reel-to-reel tapes, cassettes, and to the point where we are today, where we provide uh, our audio books on cartridges that are compatible for play with the talking book machines that are provided free of charge by the National Library Service for the blind and print disabled. So that, that's our history in a snapshot. Mm-hmm. This is a niche product, obviously. There's uh you know, there's probably a lot of information that's available in Braille or on cartridge, as you as you say, but there aren't a lot of people providing Catholic materials, are there? That's right. And, and most even, you know, um, you know, uh, commercial uh, publishers, they don't produce Braille. Right. So the National Library Service for the Blind, which is part of the, the, the Library of Congress, they would provide, you know, general reading fiction, nonfiction books in Braille. 
but we're we're one of the few, if the only organization that provides Catholic content uh, in Braille on a regular basis. And included in that are the the mass propers, uh, which uh, most people would refer to as the the missalettes. So we provide the mass propers in Braille, and we send that out to just around 700 people each and every month. And that, that amounts to approximately 760,000 pages of Braille each year. My goodness, that's a lot of uh, material to produce. And it seems like a large effort for a small audience. Why is it so important to continue that? Well, you know, we've, we've always been a, a nonprofit organization. We try to provide uh, our patrons with whatever they request. But with regard to the mass propers in particular, uh, it really, what people tell us, and it's sort of, we borrowed the, the, the line, is that it really uh, assists uh, blind Catholics to learn about, develop, and actively participate in their faith. So they can go to, you know, to church every Sunday, go to Mass every Sunday, and you and I, and anyone who's sighted, takes for granted that the missalette will be in the pew. Um, you know, that's not the case for someone who's blind and reads Braille. So it's very important for us to continue that tradition, and it's important for our patrons to have that resource available so that they can actively participate in their parish parishes uh, every Sunday, you know, uh, and on major uh, uh, feast days as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I know, there's a lot of services out there these days that will provide that kind of material to people in advance, uh, you know, whether it's Word Among Us or Magnificat or things like that, uh, gives people a chance, even email newsletters, gives people a chance to look at the readings before they go to Mass. I assume that you send out the Mass properties in advance so that people can have a chance to look at them before they go to church on Sunday? That's right. So our patrons will get a month's worth of mass propers a month in advance. Okay. And one of, the, one of the things that we think about it in a lot of times, and we've talked about this a little bit with, um, we have a new chaplain for deaf ministry in the Archdiocese of Baltimore. And uh, one of the points that he has made is that it's important for people who, um, who are deaf or hard of hearing to be able to, uh, to experience sign language so that they can participate mass in their own language, in their own way that they they are, so that they're not left out. Um, are you doing the same thing for blind and and those who are with low vision uh, to make sure that they have a way to participate uh, fully in their faith? Yes, you know, absolutely, one hundred percent. And as a matter of fact, many of our patrons, um, you know, not only do they participate, you know, from the pew, but they're on the altar. Um, they're doing the readings. They're they're reading the petitions. Um, and our mass propers allows allows them to do that. Uh, we had just recently the the December thirteenth is the feast of feast of Saint Lucy, one of the patron saints of the blind. And we have an annual mass here in New York City. And the the priest who celebrates the main celebrant for that mass is blind, uh, and he's been he comes all the way from uh, Owensboro, Kentucky, each year to celebrate the mass with us. Uh, he's blind and he uses our mass propers and has used many of our materials, uh, you know, as he has gone through the seminary. Um, so we always say that, that that mass is really the embodiment of our mission because people get to see many of our patrons 
uh, in action, if you will, using our, our Braille materials. Mm -hmm. You also provide a lot more than that, though. Uh, I understand you have uh, some things that are more contemporary, uh, more modern books and things and and articles. What kinds of things do you offer in that regard? Sure, sure. We do we do uh, a lot of books. I mean, this past year, I think we added in Braille, we added 79 or nearly 80 new titles of books uh, in Braille. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I said much of what we do is Catholic in nature, but not exclusively. So much is related to faith in general and spirituality and inspiration. You might be familiar with the, 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 the novel that won the Pulitzer a few years ago. It's now a Netflix series, All the Light You Cannot See. Yes, yes, that was beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and when, when, when I read that book, I said, well, not only is, you know, uh, the young girl a main character, the blind girl a main character, but actually her Braille books, you know, almost becoming characters. So we've provided that book uh, in Braille as well for our clients. Uh, and we update our catalog. We send out, uh, you know, flyers updating our catalog and flyers to the, the network libraries for the uh, NLS service uh, with uh, updates to our catalog. But, you know, there, there are, you know, books that we that are requested by our patrons and there, there are books that we think would be interesting um, to our patrons. So that's how we typically add titles to our catalog. And can you uh, briefly explain in a little bit of time we have left, what is the process if you're I mean, obviously, if you're going to record an audio book, you have somebody sit in a studio and they they record that. I understand that takes a long time. How do you convert books to Braille? So we have on staff, we have a certified Braille transcriber. So he's a full time employee of Xavier Society for the Blind. Um, so typically we'll get either the book or the electronic file for a book, the publisher's file um, that gets converted uh, in, into a, a software language, if you would, called Duxbury, uh, which then uh, produces the, the Braille, uh, paper Braille in an embossing machine that we have here in our office. So once we get a request from a patron, it's soup to nuts, it's done here at Xavier Society. And then we mail uh, those books out to the, the patrons from our offices here in New York City. And I assume that uh, some of those cartridges are, are they come back and they get used by other people because it's more of a lending library than a, than a permanent thing, right? So that's correct for the, um, for the audio books, the cartridges come back. But once we send out Braille books, um, those are, you know, our patrons can keep those. They don't have, they're not, they're not circulating just given the nature of Braille. Right, right. How many people do you serve overall and how can people help support that? Sure. So we serve on a fairly regular basis about 2,500 people, um, and that's in the United States and in 20 countries outside of the United States. But the great majority of those patrons are here in the United States. Um, some of those people are getting books in Braille and audio books on a fairly regular basis. Other folks are just our regular mass proffers clients. But overall, we serve about 2,500 active patrons. For everything we do, we provide free of charge. So we rely on donations from individuals. There are a number of small uh, family foundations that traditionally have supported uh, Catholic organizations uh, like Xavier Society 
or have a particular affinity for organizations that support uh, blind individuals. So we rely on uh, donations mostly from individuals and from smaller family foundations. Um, and you can, you know, your listeners can get more information about Xavier Society, including how they can support us on our website, uh, which is Xavier Society for the Blind.org. All right, that's very helpful. And after the break, we are going to talk with a local parishioner in the Archdiocese of Baltimore who uses the services of the Xavier Society for the Blind, including the, the mass propers that you were talking about. We have been talking this morning with Malachi Fallon, who is executive director of the Xavier Society for the Blind, which provides Catholic materials to about 2,500 people in the U.S. and other countries. Thanks for being with us today. This is Chris Gunty, and you're listening to Catholic Review Radio. community, the power of worshiping together, the warmth of friends new and old who share your faith. Join us for Mass this weekend. Visit archbelt.org to find a Catholic parish near you. Feel the joy. Every child enters the world with limitless potential. Potential of mind. Potential of body. Potential of spirit. If there was only a place where that potential could be nurtured and challenged every day, where the limits of greatness, once unseen, could now be within reach. Catholic schools rise above. Catholic news from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. The Archdiocese of Baltimore sent more young adults to the Seek 24 conference in St. Louis, Missouri, than any other diocese on the East Coast. The annual conference helps college students and young adults to fortify their faith. The early January gathering drew more than 20,000 people, including 200 from the Archdiocese. Father Matthew Himes, Associate Director of Vocations for the Archdiocese of Baltimore and Chaplain for Campus Ministry at UMBC, said SEEK provides an opportunity for individuals to connect with the Lord in a meaningful way. About 30 of the attendees from Baltimore came from the UMBC Campus Ministry. In news from the Vatican, it may seem insignificant to some, but praying the rosary every day is huge in the eyes of God, Pope Francis told an association of laywomen dedicated to the Holy Family and prayer. Quote, God loves what is small and makes it bear fruit, end quote, he told members of the Sentinels of the Holy Family during an audience at the Vatican January 11th. Founded in Brussels, Belgium in 2013, the group coordinates an international prayer network of women known as Sentinels, to pray the rosary every day for the Pope, priests, consecrated women, vocations, families, and evangelization. The Pope said the commitment required of someone who wants to become a sentinel to recite a decade of the rosary every day is very simple, but it is much in the eyes of God if it's done faithfully over time. Their prayer and commitment as sentinels are guided by Mary and her special attributes of looking upon the world with her maternal gaze, holding the world's troubles in her heart and her tenderness, he said. Quote, our world, as well as our brothers and sisters, need tenderness more than ever, end quote, the Pope said. For more on these and other stories, visit catholicreview.org, or you can also subscribe to our e-newsletter. You can also text the letters WMET to 84576. For everyone at Catholic Review Media, I'm Kevin Parks. 
Archbishop William E. Laurie celebrates Holy Mass at the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception and honors the Little Sisters of the Poor at Guadalupe Radio Network's Fishers of Men Benefit Dinner, April 27th. Radio host Debbie Giorgiani keynotes the evening at Catholic University of America. The Little Sisters' tireless work with the elderly, heroic witness to women discerning vocations and standing up for religious freedom are why they're being recognized. At grnonline.com, learn more. Catholic Review Media is a proud sponsor of Guadalupe Radio Network. This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Review Radio. Today we're talking with Joanne Susick, who is a member of St. Thomas More Church in Baltimore, and she is one person who uses the services of the Xavier Society for the Blind. Welcome, Joanne. Thanks for being with us. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> so you've been using, from what I understand, you've been using the services of Xavier Society for a long time. How long have you been doing it? Oh, oh my goodness. Well, okay. Since I was a child, um, I used the Baltimore Catechism. If that, <laughs> that goes back a long way. I used them, and they brailed my CCD texts or whatever that we used even in high school and that kind of thing. I use the mass propers in Braille. Um, I get them monthly, Mm -hmm. and they do every Sunday, and then they do some special feasts. They do first Friday and first Saturday. In December, they did St. Lucy um, because she's the patron saint of the Xavier Society because she's the patron saint of the blind, one of them. For, like for Christmas, they did all four masses, um, the vigil, midnight, dawn, and during the day. Oh, that's great. Um, wherever mass you went to or whatever they, the priest wanted to use, you could read that, you know, if you were a lector. They did like um, the Holy Innocence and Holy Family, of course, because that was a Sunday. Um, they did... St. John, the evangelist, and they did St. Stephen. So they do special feasts, like, and the Our Lady of Guadalupe, they did. So they do special feasts, um, like in January, they've done the conversion of St. Paul. And these are um, in Braille? Do they also make them available yes. audio? Well, they, I guess they would do them in audio, but they do them in Braille and large print so that particularly if, if you're a lector, you can read them. Like in January, they did, of course, the Solemnity of the Mother of God, and then First Friday and First Saturday and Epiphany. But they did Mass during the day. They didn't do the vigil, but that's okay. And they did Baptism of the Lord, and then they did the second, third, fourth Sundays in Ordinary Time, and they did the Day of Prayer for the Legal Protection of Unborn Children, and they did the Feast of the Conversion of St. Paul. That's a lot of a lot of information to provide to you, right? Yes. Um, so that's what they did in January. And we get them about oh, a month in advance. Um, I guess February will be coming pretty soon. There was only one time when we got them late, and that was like during the pandemic in, I think it was, I guess it was January of 21, um, I guess. Because yeah. I remember they didn't come till like January 16th or something like uh-huh. that, and but otherwise they they they've come 
you know, within plenty of time. It's, it's a very dependable service then for you, right? Yes, it is. Definitely. Definitely. How does it help your spirituality and your faith? Oh, my. Well, it allows you to use your gifts. It allows you to meditate and, you know, read ahead of time the readings that, you know, are, they're going to, you know, for whatever mass, you know, whatever Sunday mass particularly, you know, and it allows you to be a lecturer, you know, if you want to. Um, and a lot of people who get them, you know, are lectors, I guess. That's one service I get from them. And then I have, um, they have something called the Catholic Review, which is not to be confused with our local archdiocesan um, paper. Um, this is a magazine that they produce a couple times a year. And they take it from various um, sources. And it's, it's a pretty broad spectrum of articles. Um, all kinds of things, but mostly, you know, well, they're all regarding, you know, faith. They also have a lending library of, they have Braille books, um, but I, I use audio because, just because of space constraints, because I have an, I have an apartment in this retirement community where I live, and so I get books on um, cartridge. And these cartridges are compatible with, they, they can be played in the players from the National Library Service for the Blind and print disabled. I've, I've seen that before. My, my mother-in-law uh, lost her sight uh, later in life. Okay. I understand what you're talking mm -hmm. about. Again. That sounds like a, a great service that they're able to work with. The Xavier Society is able to work with some equipment that you already have on something Yes, the, the Xavier Society used to have, um, their books used to be on, um, I guess, cassette, and then they were on, um, I don't know if they were on CD, I can't remember. Uh, I know they were on cassette at one point, and they can, they've converted, I, I guess, maybe, I don't know how much, of, a, a good bit of it, to um, cartridge, so that they can be played on the um, players, and they're books that they're recording are being um, produced or reproduced on cartridges or whatever so that, you know, they, people can borrow them. And then you, you flip the, there's a card in the um, container that you flip over and mail back to Xavier. And um, then you can order, you know, anything else you want, um, call the client services coordinator and you can order whatever you, you want. Um, and they periodic, periodically, send out emails um, with new books that they've, you know, recorded. And they have an, a monthly newsletter that tells you what's hot off, they call it hot off the shelf um, in Braille or audio. Um, they also do large print for people who are losing their vision or low, or low vision, whatever. But you've been using the Xavier so, Services. Xavier Society for the Blind Services since the 1970s. Certainly, things have adapted a lot since then. Uh, now oh yes, they, they try to change. They try to change with the times and be as up to date as they can. They can be. They have all kinds of books, like from the Lives of the Saints and some of the Masters. You know, like um, I think I've seen Introduction to the Devout Life by Francis de Sales. Right. But they, they do a broad spectrum of stuff um, from 
you know, conservative stuff to, you know, stuff for liberals like Scott Hahn to James Martin, if you will. Right, right. So, and I guess they have to because they're the only source for blind and, you know, vision impaired people of Catholic material. So, but it's a wonderful service. Where would your faith life be if you didn't have access to this kind of material? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it would certainly be, what's the word I want? It would certainly be stunted because you, you wouldn't be able to, you'd have to rely on um, just attendance at mass or something like EWTN or something like that. There's so much you can, you can access. You certainly have a wide variety of, of uh, material to, you know, be able to read and to nourish your, your spiritual life. Yeah, that's great to know. We've been talking today with Joanne Cusick, who is a parishioner of St. Thomas More in Baltimore, and she uses the services of the Xavier Society for the Blind. If you'd like more information about the society for yourself or for somebody that you know who is blind or uh, has low vision uh, concerns, you can uh, get information on them at xaviersocietyfortheblind.org on the web, uh, and they will share with you a lot of resources that they have, they have available. Thank you so much for yes. being with us today, Joanne. Oh, you're quite welcome. They also, not only do they do Braille for people who read it, but they also do um, audio um, books, and they also do large print for people who are losing their vision or, or, or low vision. So um, it's not just Braille and audio. You know, they have large print things, too. Sounds like a great service for people like you. It is. It, it's a wonderful service. All right. Thanks so much for being with us. You're welcome. This is Chris Gunty of the Catholic Review, and you have been listening to Catholic Review Radio. The Catholic Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full-time. Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for twice-weekly updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week. Available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM. Also, WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love.